Yo, yo, yo. Cool, you can hear me. Uh, sorry, I haven't been on in a while, but, you know, I'm just going to do a little drop in. Thank you for listening to Chaos Therapy. I am Leighton Jordan, obviously. Uh, so, I want to talk about my hometown. Um, I think I've probably talked about it in other podcast episodes, but this one kind of get into it. So, I just left my aunt's house and then I stopped by to see a friend that I grew up with and I think like I love my hometown I truly do uh to let I'm from Pickerington Ohio it's on the eastern side of Columbus uh some little it's not a country town. It's more like a baby burbs country. They're like very nouveau riche. A lot of new money out there. Uh, I think like population. I know there's less than 20,000 people. And the cool thing about Pickering, or the weird thing about it, is like most of the Columbus suburbs, like the main suburbs, touch 270. And 270 is an amoeba-shaped highway that goes around the greater Columbus area. Most of Columbus is inside that amoeba, 270. And Pickerington is on one of the, is on the eastern highway, the highway that goes east and west, uh, I-70. I-70 is where we're at. I-71 north and south, obviously runs north and south. Um, I love it. Uh, and I think I'm able to love it because I've been gone from it for so long. Like, even if I, when I've lived in Columbus, I've, uh, I haven't been in Pickerington heavy since like 2018 when I lived with my grandmother across the way in a different suburb, Reynoldsburg. But Columbus, uh, Pickerington to me is just, and I've had so many fucking good memories there. All of, most of my good memories are in fucking Pickerington. That's where I grew up. From 94 to forever, I guess. Uh, and I love coming back to it. Fuck, that lemon shandy tastes in my mouth. Ugh. I love coming back to it because it's part of my identity in a major fucking way. It's so many superlatives. And all my friends that are from there and all my friends that live there and everything, like, I don't think they understand how much it means, it meant to us. And now I do have some friends that hated growing up there and I feel bad for them. I truly do. And I can understand why they would have. Uh, like most places in small towns, like there's always cliques and shit like that. And I think the reason why I didn't hate it as much because I was in different cliques. I had many different friend groups. I played sports. I was also black. also skated. So those are my peoples right there. And even my skateboard friends played sports. And some of my black friends played sports. And my black friends skated. So there's a lot of intermingling. And I think one of the things that I love so much about that little ass town is like it's very insulated. And it's not like we were sheltered because... We had access to the same media and the same, not social media, but the same media outlets and the same TV shows. And 
we kind of knew what was going on. And I think it was a, it's a situation to where in our just our generation, like the the proliferation of the in the um, proliferation and the prevalence of twenty four seven news. Something there's always something on, and with music, with movies, like we were very much in tune with art. Like I don't think we got. I think as the internet became a thing, like you have access to certain things. So we were usually late to a lot of fashions and other places and stuff like that. But being in Pickerton, it allowed me to learn how to code switch and move throughout different communities. Because it's this fucking suburb, like most in America, it's very... Uh, monolithic and not just thought but culture uh, culturally very monolithic like we didn't have a lot of Asian kids we didn't have definitely didn't have a lot of Indian kids uh, we barely had a lot of black people like we had a, a few of us very few Hispanics um, and I guess like growing up in the like you assimilate because we're definitely it was it was I hate, hate saying definitely, but it was very much a place where you assimilated to that culture because you, like most of the other suburbs in Columbus were on the bus line. Like the bus line, meaning like the the Coda bus, Columbus, Ohio, or Central Ohio Transit Authority. It's the bus that runs throughout the city. And Columbus, like the Coda didn't stop in Pickerington. And so unless you had a car, everything that we did was very much like it was suburb, but we didn't have a lot. So we had to create our own fun. That's where the rural part comes into. A lot of people lived on places, lived in houses that had a lot of land, a lot of neighborhoods a lot of farmland around us, a lot of woods. And we all had to invent our own fun. Like if you wanted to skateboard, you had to build, it was a lot of DIY stuff. And because of where I lived at in Pickerton, we were too far away from the city center, not city center, but the town, like the middle of the town Like, and when they did build the skate park, that was six miles, three, six miles away from my house. No way I'm getting there and doing going skating all day and fucking walking back. Fuck that. Especially since most of the roads, like, next week was dirt. <clears throat> you could get fucking hit. But I loved it, man. Like, that was... And as I've gotten older, I've realized, like, yo, it made me. The confidence that I had, that I have, and not even just myself, my own abilities, like, the way I know I can pretty much get along with everybody. And it was weird when I went to a black college. Like, that was a, like, like, that was a culture shock. And it was because it was dope to be able to just be full black 
and not black and worry about somebody saying something. Not that it would discourage me from being full black, but just like, I don't want to hear people's mouths if I want to be fucking black. And if you're a black kid that grew up in a suburb with mostly white kids or a rural area mostly white kids, you kind of get what I'm saying. I Like, I dig it. And the cool thing is, like, my son, my older son lives, is growing up in Pickerton. Like, his mom's from Pickerton, too. It's like, her and I clicked up the, the best just because we're from the same, we're from the same uh, culture. And I think being from that culture, especially ours, like, and it, it's weird, like, we were told you can do anything you want. And we believed it. We didn't have doubts. Like, most of us weren't the first ones to go to college in our families. Most of our parents owned the house. Most of our parents had careers. And most of us had some monicum of, like, like we, people, we had money. Like I said, very nouveau riche. And just our parents were putting us there. And so it's like, there wasn't much of a struggle financially. Every now, I had depression, but that's, but it wasn't because, man, I don't know if I'm going to eat. Or, man, if I don't know if my mom's going to be home or if I don't, like, in a bad way, like, I don't know if I'm if my parents are going to be gone for days. I'm not hearing from them or if the lights are going to get cut off. It's very much a cushy, considerably a cushy lifestyle. And that kind of shapes your, and you're able to do things, like, that shapes your, your mentality. Like, I want to do things that bring me joy, not just for survival. And I think a lot of people that didn't grow up like we did had a, I need to do this thing to survive thing. If I don't do X, Y, Z, I won't eat tonight. My was, I don't eat tonight if I don't eat tonight. Like, if I choose not to eat. I, I feel like Pickerton very much, and even with our, it's racial tension and shit like that, like I think it very much shielded us from a lot of really bad things. A lot of the trappings that come with growing up in lower middle class or poverty, like it it doesn't, like we wanted to go out to eat, we went out to eat. We wanted to go to movies, we went to the movies. Like, Like I had a job at 14. I lived a life where most people would fucking dream about. I had a big house. And the one takeaway I got from living in a big house is, man, I don't want to live in a big house because I have to clean that motherfucker. And everybody's like, well, just hire a maid or a cleaning service. But they don't fucking realize <coughs> my parents didn't grow up with that. And so they, instead of me, like, I'm not paying someone to clean a house that I fucking live in. I can just clean it and save me some fucking money. So it's like a begrudging thing. But one of the reputations that Pickerington had but when I was growing up was just arrogant, rich kids that talk too much. Now, I guess it's motherfuckers that like, heroin and shit, but that sucks. Like, that happened after, like, two, three years after I graduated. So that was not us. 
because the hardest shit that we did was probably acid and mushrooms. No one was doing fucking ecstasy. I saw one girl got caught, like one sophomore junior got caught with coke in her car. Like, bitch, how the fuck are you 15 with a coke habit? But I think one of the one of the things that it was instilled in us was you are going to have a bright future unless you purposely do something to ruin it. We didn't have to worry about street violence, school shootings, maybe, but we as like after Columbine, pretty much we as a collective figured out, hey, we're not going to bully the weird kids. We're going to let them be weird and enjoy life because we get to enjoy life. Like all the kids, like and all, yeah, all the kids that are likely to be a school shooter, I was cool with them. Like those, because a lot of them were the fucking skaters or the skater adjacent kids. And I, and I, I love that I grew up in that town. And like I said, even with this problems, because it, it taught me how to be resourceful with my entertainment. And it's lovely. It really is, man. Like, and I, 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 my son Quentin, like, I really hope he takes in what it's like. Like, and I, he'll probably have the same realization if his mom keeps him at Pickerton. Like, yo, this is, this is a good place to, to grow up. Good place to raise a, you know, family. Honestly, feel mad blessed. Like, most of my cousins graduated from Pickerton. And I and I adore that. My cousin Antoine, my cousin Marcus. But they didn't grow up in it like I grew up in it. They came from other, you know, school like like they came from another fucking town. But my cousin DJ, he did yeah, DJ showed up when I was in, I wanna say third or fourth grade like Reggie showed up when I was like either third or fourth grade or maybe fourth or fifth he grew up in it too he's still there my cousin Jasmine Devin Micah Ebony like all of us like and it's cool like being especially because they went to because so Pickerton the school the high school split high school split and we had Pickerton North and Pickerton Central. Now I ended up going, I spent two years at Central because I was in first school. And then I went to North for junior, senior. And being the first one to go through and kind of just, you know, start this legacy of wild shit. And I loved it. Like my sister ended up going there, obviously. You know, and I, and I think it's, it's a it, it's a, a real blessing to kind of be like the first one to jump up in there. Like I remember, my son had a uh, karate tournament at my school, and my I was on the soccer team that won league championship. And I showed him like, "Yo, that's your dad, bro." And I, like when I was saying, and he was so excited, he's like, "That's you, dad?" Like, yeah, like y'all, you play soccer? I was like, "Yeah, buddy." 
And it is. It's like, yo, I, like, I would want my son to come through and walk the same halls I did. And have similar experiences, but not obviously he's not going to have the exact same. Because growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, every it was, compared to now, the fucking Wild Wild West. We did, and I saw we did so much shit. I was talking to my homeboy Rod and, our, and his and our dude, mostly his dude, but someone I'm associated with, Chris. Um, we were just sounding like, bro, like we in the '90s or 2000s, most people did not have fucking cell phones. Like most kids didn't. Definitely didn't have any fucking phones with maps on it. Like we would just go. We'd wake up in the morning, use a house phone to call our homie. Hey, what are we doing today? What you want to get into? Shit. I don't know. You want to come over? All right, bet. Call my mom at work. Or my dad like, hey, I'm going to Rod's house. And then we would just be out. We would be fucking out. Get a hold of some girl at her house and her parents at home and her friends are there. Fucking ride our bikes over. Chill for a bit. Trying to make out something. Just explore, man. Like where we, where I lived at, too, there's like woods. Like there's a creek, and the creek went into the golf course and everything. Like, and it was like I went back to my old neighborhood to see my boy Rod after I left my aunt's house, and it's so funny how different it is. But like, in the street seemed so much bigger when we were kids. But they literally like they just realize like bro like we just did so much shit and it's not like we were we were mischievous obviously but we weren't bad kids we just kind of tried to find our own fun and this is where we're like when I was like 14 13 14 And there's, I lived on Hines Road, and it was dope. Like, there's these subdivisions. It was Turnberry Green, uh, Farm Creek, Turnberry Farms, Park Place West, Park Place. And... It, that like we those are our neighborhoods and so most of our homies or a lot of our homies not most but a lot of our homies lived in those areas and there's so many fucking houses dude and the cool thing was my cousin Reggie and my cousin DJ and my other cousins lived literally within a mile maybe half a quarter three quarters of a mile of each other all of us did so they come over we play basketball at my house, or I go to their house, play video games, something, bro. And we just had a ball. And growing up in that time, like, you don't realize the significance of it. You don't realize it's going to be social media where everybody's going to be posting everything and you can't do nothing discreetly. <clears throat> but we were able to experience life in a time to where you really had to take in the moment. Because unless someone had a fucking Polaroid camera, (coughs) that memory is just a memory. Like kids, like Gen Z, everything they do, they can document. 
they have camera phones that can take video and they can upload it to the cloud instead of having to save it on the computer. They have apps like phone, like they can, you know, there's maps everywhere. A lot of it with us was just discovery. We, like the most fucked up shit that we would do is when houses were still in development, take a lot of the fucking floorboards and wooden shit like loose two by fours and everything and the PVC piping. Now, granted, we're leaving the copper piping. Like the copper shit, we're not taking because we don't know if that fucking has value. We don't give a shit. We're kids. But we know the PVC piping does. And these two by fours and these nails that are around and these uh, screws. And we're going to build fucking rails. We're going to build a fucking flat top. We're going to build a fucking quarter pipe all out of angle and shit. Like a kicker ramp. That's what we're going to do. We, we, it was cool too. It was like, if you had a homie that you saw at school, but they lived on the other side of town, unless y'all played sports together or worked together during the summer, like you weren't going to see that motherfucker. I remember having chat rooms, but I wasn't in chat rooms with local motherfuckers. The fuck? Like, if you got bullied on the internet, nigga, that is, like, at that time, nigga, that is, that is your fault. Leave the chat room. Leave it. What are you still doing? Like, that's just dumb. The internet, like, I've said this before, like, the internet was a place you went to. You got, you got on the internet. Now you have it. It's around us. I thoroughly, looking back, enjoyed growing up like that. Not that I wish I, like, I wish I would have had, because I would have saved a lot more memories, but it would have turned, I think we would have, we would have treated the, the instances different. Like, it's fun, like, I wasn't a party kid when I was growing up, mostly because I was grounded. I got invited, but just, bro, I'm grounded. I can't go. So I think I stopped getting invited. Not that I didn't have friends. Not that I couldn't go to none of these parties. I got, I was grounded. And one thing I wanted to do is doing shit when I was grounded because that would end up in a fucking tragedy. Hold on. Let me, hold on. All right, I'm back. So I was driving. I'm back at the crib. Why did I do that on the TV? Anyway. And so, I think with just growing up how we grew up, and a lot of us had two-parent homes, like, it was, it was very much a, an environment conducive to innovation. Definitely to risk-taking and just trying things, man, like... We had, when it came to, like, we had no one to tell us, we, like I said, I said it earlier, like, you can do anything you want if you just believe in yourself. And it wasn't, like, growing up, thinking it's, it's different just like, I guess in most suburbs, I don't know, I live in most suburbs, but, like, it wasn't if you were going to college, it was how much money are you getting towards a scholarship? What are you going to do in college? Like, what's your goal? Like, it was very much a place where, like, 
I said like it wasn't about survival. It was more about do your path. Like people with a liberal arts degree grow up, don't grow up in places where you have to worry about where your next meal is coming from. Kids who major in fucking creative writing for the most part. We just lived life in ways that we kind of felt invincible. That was a kicker. For one of them, we felt like nothing could harm us. We felt like nothing could hurt us. And we had this belief in our own abilities, which we should. We were given the tools. Like, we went to a top-tier school. We had good education. We had help. We had resources. We had new computers. Especially my junior, senior year, we went to a new school. A lot of things people weren't really afforded. Just... 10 miles east, or 3 miles east, actually, or 3 miles west, 3 miles east is, yeah, even the rural, like, rural, rural kids. I think, I think about those times a lot, like, even my depression. I think about things I would have done differently. As far as like school and stuff, but I still think it would have landed me in the I landed me in the right right where I am now. I think even if I'd have gotten straight A's, I think I would have. I think I'd have been a different person. Completely, I like the fact that I went. I went through. Hmm. I don't want to say trials and tribulations, but I guess they were. You know, every... Everybody has something that they... Would consider not traumatizing. Like, I think... My sophomore year, we had four bomb threats in two weeks. I was like, are we trying to set a fucking world record? Like, what the fuck is this? And I think the second one, they put us all outside. And so many fucking juniors and seniors, like, had cars. Because everybody fucking had cars. And I think the fourth one, they put us in the gymnasium. I'm like, hey, if there is a bomb in this motherfucker, uh, we're sitting ducks. I wouldn't like to, you know, spread out, make this kind of hard for them. Uh, Sitting next to either Danny or Tommy Ryan, because he was in my study hall. We played soccer together. I'm like, this is whack. 
Like they then someone I guess tried to like hey had the bright idea like hey let's let's cheer the kids up, and they started playing m- music from, like the basketball games and shit. I'm like, are they playing rock and roll? Then 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 hey then like bro, if these motherfuckers play, we got the beat. Like I'm not getting blown up listening to the fucking go go suck my dick. But you know. It's, the fuck are you gonna do? You you grow up with this complex that just to come back to it, like you can accomplish anything. No matter what. And when you see things work out for you, even when you don't put in a lot of effort. You know, like a lot of things came easy to us because we had the access. And I, and I, you know, like just, I think that's one thing that a lot of kids who didn't grow up in that environment don't have is access to stuff. And I believe that once you allow kids to have, like, growing up to have access to things that can just help them discover new things, like the internet, like, we used to burn CDs all the, oh my god, dude, I burned so many fucking CDs at at that school, because they could, it was like, oh, fuck this, this is dope. But I, I think, yeah, man, like it's, Dude, yeah, man, I remember we were talking to my boy's son, we were just like, dude, we did too fucking much. We did too fucking much. We did too fucking much. And we survived it. And there's a few of us who didn't. And you, I think, for me, like, I remember that shit. And I am very thankful, even with my depression and everything, like, yo, I'm thankful that I fucking made it through. Because not a lot of us did, man. Not a lot of us did. And I think it's, you know, a tragedy. Like, kids dying at 17 and they were going to graduate early. And it was a shock to us because people didn't die. Like, if you die, like, there's one kid who had, who had, like, his name was Brian. I forget his last name. Sweet kid. Very tiny. He was born with a birth defect. You know? 
and he died while I was in high school. But like it, a lot of things didn't affect you. Like I remember seeing nine eleven happen, like walking in the third period math class and seeing the second plane hit. And when you live through history, you kind of become not numb to it, but you kind of know how that feeling is. Like, holy shit, this is big. And it's super funny how, like, people talk about, like, oh, like, millennials are snowflakes. Bro, we've literally seen people die, like... If you're a millennial of a certain age, you've seen not just the scare of Y2K, not just the mini school fucking shootings, uh, not just Oklahoma City bombing, where that was on the, like I said, when I said earlier, like the 24-7 fucking news cycle. So that's played around. You see 9-11, you see the fucking, you understand the po- politics because the war on the second war in Iraq. So you see that too. You see Columbine. And so it's just like we've seen tragedy. And Columbine and 9-11 were two years apart. You get your identity challenge. Like teenagers are stupid. Y'all don't know shit. Kids born in the 80s are dumb. Worthless. And everyone coddled the 90s kids. Like, the 90s babies were extra taken care of. Or super neglected. It's, there was no middle ground, apparently. But I think we, we saw so much over and over. The fucking presidential scandal. Bill Clinton getting, his blow, getting a blowjob. So now, oh, we also saw OJ, that whole situation. And, the, you know, you find out, we find out what a hanging chat is at 13 years old. Right after that fucking 9-11, you see the internet be, become more prevalent. Home media, and not streaming, but like on-demand TV. Like, holy shit, I missed the show, but I can watch it again. Like, I don't have to watch it when it just when it comes on. It'll play over. Nice. Or I can watch it when I want to. Oh. High speed internet, from what we were told. Uh, downloading music. Like, I think the last CD I bought was in 07. Deadass. I don't think I bought another CD since. And I think it was either Korn's album or Coheed's album. No World for Tomorrow. Burner CDs, like, we saw the beginning of social media. And I think just being in that bubble from Pickerington, like, you kind of often wonder, like, yo, what are we... The future was being written right in front of us. And we were writing it. Like, 
I was lucky enough to not have MySpace in high school. Because if I had MySpace in high school and it was jumping in people's fucking top eight, bro, that caused drama for me as a young adult. I could fucking only imagine the bullshit it was doing when you're in high school and you have to see these motherfuckers every day. Well, I think Pickerton to me is such a special place because... It is a mixture of rural and suburb. You know, it's very much well-cut lawns. And everybody knows everybody. But also having to make your own fun. Also, country roads. We just get in a car and head east. It was... A moment in time. A moment in time that would shape our futures forever. You know, but there's 45 minutes. I just want to get that off my chest, man. So, love y'all. Be safe.